I'm more in a teach mode, I think. And I really want to try to keep it there because I would much rather you walk away with gaining some understanding on what we're attacking here when we're talking about this, this leaven, the, these three types of leaven that's mentioned in the scripture. And so, Tommy, just to answer your question, yeah, I'm going to continue in the series and we'll try to break some of this stuff down. I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one because I thought I was supposed to be going somewhere else. So we're just going to go with what I feel, I reckon. And hopefully I'm feeling the right thing. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 6. <clears throat> Don't let me lose you before we get started. Act like you're in church. Boy, isn't it funny how the weather outside can affect? I bet you if the sun was shining and the birds were chirping outside, y'all would have been like a bunch of busy little bees in here this morning. Just japping. But boy, if a rain drops, or they call it, there's a chance of rain. You know how much a chance of rain stops us from doing stuff? Look, I didn't got to the point now I'm getting mad about it because I get a chance of rain. I don't even want to ride my motorcycle because I don't want to get caught in the rain. And then I don't take my bike and all day it don't rain a drop in the sunshine. And it's just as pretty all day long. You better stop. You better stop believing what you're hearing and start walking by what you know. I got an Indian weather rock. Setting at my house. I'll bring y'all one and share it with you. I don't think I have one in here. There's a few out there, but it's an Indian weather rock. And this, this rock has never lied to me. It's never lied. It tells me the weather 100%. If I go outside and it's wet, you can rest assured it's raining. If I go outside and pick it up and it's warm, you can rest assured the sun's shining. If it's white, it's snowing. I promise you. And if it's cold, you're going to need a jacket. I'm just, see, y'all rely on the weathermen. They lie to you all the time. I ain't going to say they don't lie to you. They just they miss it all the time. It's the best job in the world. They can be wrong and still be employed tomorrow. But, all right, y'all ready? Now at least you're smiling. It must be the birds chirping. It must be the birds chirping. Starting at verse 6, I'm going to probably go through verse 12. So if you want to be working on that while we go through that one. Starting at verse 6. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So there must be something going on here if we have to be aware of Pharisees and Sadducees. There has to be a... A different effect or a different um, conduit that's involved because he said Pharisees and Sadducees. If it was all of one of the same, he would have just used one name and let it go. But he's telling you that there's something going on, so we need to be cautious in what we're reading. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? 
Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Now the seven loaves of the, of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We talked last week concerning the leaven of the Pharisees, and that was the religious hypocrisy. Because if, we're, if we aren't careful, if, if we allow some of this leaven to infiltrate our minds and our hearts we will also begin to actually do what it is that we're seeing modeled before us how many of you know if you put something strong i'll say hot sauce on a chicken wing it's going to affect the whole chicken wing and it's going to affect your taste of that whole chicken wing some of us don't even know that we're eating chicken we just know we got hot sauce I want to taste the chicken so you can keep the hot sauce. But we have to be aware of what is actually being seasoned in our life. Or what we know, we have to be aware of what is trying to season it. If you can picture this in your mind, of remember we talked about this huge crowd last week. This 40, 50, 60,000 people. This wasn't just a few. This was thousands. I mean, they're, they're saying... They really think 60,000, but they're, some of them are kind of just, uh, they're, they're veering off to say 50,000 just so that you don't have a leg to stand on if you come to them and say something about the crowd. But, but upwards of 60,000 people. And Jesus is telling the ones that are closest to him, he is speaking to the disciples, and he's telling them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. I wonder why he would talk about the, the, the leaven to his disciples inside of this large, large crowd. I wonder why he wasn't speaking to the crowd. You got 50 or 60,000 people coming to hear him speak, and yet he turns his attention to speak to the disciples. And he says, now be careful. And he's letting them know because he already knew. See, on the, on the outer skirts of this massive crowd, these are, these are people, if you will just allow me to give you some kind of an analogy here. That this large group of people and these ones that are on the outskirts of this crowd, they're only there to get what they can get. They don't really care what they hear. They're too far off. They're just hoping they're going to get. Then you've got this other, this other portion. This is, uh, I don't know, if we, if we had to name all these people, we would call them the crust on the outside, I guess. And then on the inside, there's the crowd. And, and the crowd of people, well, they'll come and they'll try to get a little bit closer. They're able to make it past the ones that are just there to get something. They're going to go in hopes 
that they're not only going to get something, but they're going to hear something that have some effects by it. So there's that crowd. And then, then you get a little closer as you get into the circle, and then you come into a congregation. Well, the congregations are there for what's me, what's for me, what you got for me today. Now, whether or not they get it or whether they don't get it, they're going to lead. Now, if it, if it is on the button, have you ever went to church and heard a sermon and it was on the button? It was meant exactly for you and nobody else knew anything about it. It's been you and God in the prayer closet all week. And the pastor opened up his big mouth and lo and behold, he was talking the same thing that you were talking to daddy about. He hit the nail on the head. He pinned the tail on the donkey. He got in your, he got in your kitchen. Right? He's all up in your soup. Well, that, that's awesome and that's wonderful. But then you've got the other part of that congregation that they're sitting there going, what is he even talking about? Man, this don't even, I'm not even, it wasn't for you. Well, if it wasn't for you, instead of you being that person that was grown and matured in your faith and started gathering and gleaning from it, even though it wasn't meant for you today, you know that it might be meant for you tomorrow. So you begin to gather and collect. Well, that's not you. That's, this is the congregation we're talking about. Congregations are only there for what's in it for me. Then, you, then, you have, then you've got the committed. You've got the committed folk. They're there early. They sit on the front row. That's the committed folk. Because, see, the committed folk, when, they, when they're there and they get as close as they can get so they can hear everything that they can hear. Because they know that without a shadow of a doubt, if the man of God or woman of God is speaking out of the word, there is life that's going to come from that word. And they want it. And they know that it's going to happen. Now, they're also the ones that come on and turn your lights on. See, some of you get out of bed whenever and you drag on into church and hopefully you'll get there on time. And if you don't, it's no big deal. Oh, see, you're going to be mad at me today. But you don't care. It, it doesn't really matter. This isn't, this isn't of the utmost importance in your life. This is just a punch in your card. But the committed folk... Now, see, they've gone through everything that you've gone through all week. They've had it happen to them, Pat. Boy, they've been, we've been talking about dogs out there. They've been throwing cats and dogs at the house. They, they've gone through it all week long, but yet they still wake up early. Oh, they come in just disgruntled. Don't even want to be here. Ain't that right, Tommy? Don't even want to get, don't even want to be here, but they come anyway because they're committed. See, y'all think that the people that are committed don't have problems. No, we got issues. We probably got more issues than you got. We're just committed to a God that we serve, that we know that no matter what we go through, he'll never leave us or forsake us, and he'll always reach down his hand, and he'll always pick us up. Even when we step off a dry ground and go into a mud puddle playing around like a little kid. Because we think that's the right thing to do and we jump around and he pulls us out. Never mind. But that's the commitment. Then, then you get right up in the middle of it. Then you've got these disciples. These are the ones that's going to go to hell and back for you. These are the ones that ain't going to let nobody talk about you. 
These are the ones that's going to stick it out with you. Whether you make a, whether you make a knuckleheaded decision or not, they, they sticking it out. They're going, Lord bless his soul. God's still working on him. I appreciate those people. Because, see, I make them knucklehead decisions just like y'all do. Y'all don't want to admit to them. I will admit to mine. Y'all try to hide yours like the Pharisees. Oh, see, I said y'all. Now some of you got offended. Well, I don't. Just relax. Maybe that part wasn't meant for you. Maybe it was, and you just don't want it. But we're talking about... We're talking about this group of people that God is talking to, and he turns to his disciples and he begins to tell them, beware of the, be, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You've got to be careful of what is going to try to infiltrate this group that we have, this, this tight group, these saved people, these discipled ones. There are those out there that do not like you, and they are out there to destroy you, not just you, but your relationship with God. That's what they're after because they have been sent. How many of you know you got people that's been put in your life that's been sent on a mission to destroy you? And a lot of the times we let them. But Jesus has given us fair warning. He said, beware. Beware. So we broke down the Pharisees last week. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the Sadducees. See, the Sadducees and the Pharisees are two different groups of people. The Pharisees was the religious group that was, they were a much larger crowd. They actually accepted the teachings of the entire Old Testament. The Sadducees, however, did not accept all the teaching of the Old Testament. They only received the first five books of the Old Testament. That's what they lived by. That's what they were going to die by. And that's what they would kill you by. They were, also, they were also the ones that took care of the temple in Jerusalem. They were not, they were not just representation of priests. They were representations of the high priest. So these people not only had clout, they were rich, <laughs> had a little bit of clout with them. They, they knew people in big places. This is why, this is why they went so heavily armed with the, with the Romans to stay in cahoots with the government. Whew. Can't wait till next week. We're going to talk about the government next week. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. I don't care. Dude, we have been so misinformed about the separation from church and state. We think that the pastors and the preachers aren't supposed to talk about anything that has to deal with elections or government. Or they, they are so far wrong, it is pathetic. Because the separation of church and state didn't have nothing to do with any of that. The separation of church and state had to deal with, this, with the United States not having one, one set Christian group of people. They wasn't going to have, the Baptist wasn't going to be the breed of Christianity in the, in the U.S., that's basically what that was. So now the church, now the state can actually do what they want. Now if, if Virginia actually said that Christian, that Pentecostal holiness or that the assemblies of God or whatever was going to be the actual, the founding Christianity in the state of Virginia, they could do that and get away with it. it it's okay. It is, they can do that. But the United States... So they made this separation, right? So now we think that we're not able to talk about that, but we are. So I'm going to. Because it's in the Constitution. 
I'm going to get in trouble. It's okay. All right, let's talk about that next week. I just want everybody to tune in for next week. But anyway, so we have these Sadducees that are representations of high priests. They, they have money. They only believe in the first five books of the teaching of the Bible. They held strong to that. They actually went to Jesus and talked to Jesus about the resurrection. They deny resurrection. They do not believe there is resurrection. They do not believe there is a life after death. They do not believe that. And they don't believe any miraculous, anything miraculous, basically. Healings and such. They don't believe in the miracles of God. They don't even believe that God was even into his people. They thought that he was just this spiritual being out floating in yonder way that did not care or intermingle with his people. This is the Sadducees. So I'm sitting and looking at, well, what does the Sadducees actually, what, what is this leaven of the Sadducees? What could it possibly be? And one of the biggest things that came to me was the, was the leaven of doubt. See, we don't, we don't really look at what if, because the way they questioned Jesus, it was this parable that they threw out, and they said there was this woman or there was this man that he was married seven times to seven women. When he would die, who would be his wife? That's how they questioned Jesus. Well, Jesus immediately turned back and threw a stone real quick and said you erred in two things. Number one, you erred in Scripture because you don't know Scripture. Because he talked about the resurrection. He talked about life after death. He took them back to Moses and where Moses was introduced to God in the burning bush. And God told Moses, he said, I am, you got to read the scripture. He said, I am the father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He didn't say I was the God of Abraham. So that automatically threw in some salt, if you will, and said, resurrection's here. Now, it didn't get any, any further in and all of that stuff. It played through scriptures and whatever, whatever. But by the time you get to Jesus, then we start to believe and understand resurrection. But that was like the first introduction. So they come to Jesus and they want to know, well, what's going on with here? Have you ever had anybody ever come to you and start to argue scripture with you. And they'll take, a, they'll take one scripture and they'll go, well, okay, I know it says that. But what if this and this and this and this and this? See, we have to know scripture. He said that you err in scripture. That's what he told the Sadducees. You err in scripture and you err believing in the miraculous. You err believing the power of God. But if we don't know Scripture, how do we go back and turn? See, it used to be, and, and I don't, and I probably never will. I'll just, I just won't argue Scripture because Scripture will actually take care of itself. I'm not going to argue Scripture with you. At the end of the day, you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you of what the Scripture is in your life. Now, if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit and you don't believe that any of that can happen, then that's something that you're going to have to work out. Because even through teachings, I cannot persuade your heart to do anything. I can get you to think. I can provoke thought. I can't, I can't get you to believe anything. 
That's why I have to rely on the Holy Spirit the whole time. So that when I speak, I'm hoping that he's talking and I'm hoping that whoever he's talking to hears it. So these Sadducees, he's telling his disciples, beware of these people because you've got to pass through some of these people in life. And if you're not careful, you can get hung up and the leaven from these people can start setting seed and setting, setting, setting seed in you and eventually it will begin to root. If you cannot see it, attack it, deny it, and move on. See, it's just the same. A lot of us think that because we have doubt, we don't have faith. That, that's not the case. The, the case of doubt is actually the seed that is a part of the leaven of the Sadducees. It's just the seed of doubt. Well, what if? Y'all get me? Because that's really all the Sadducees was doing. They threw a seed of doubt. Well, what if this man had married seven women? It, so everybody else that heard that, Charlie, what if there's no heaven? Mike, what if there is no hell? Y'all follow me? What, what if, what if, what if, see, you can go and after these Sadducees, I just think that was ruthless because I look at it like this. If they come to you and because they deny the miraculous of Jesus and the miraculous of God, if they denied all of that and didn't do any of that teaching with that, I wonder how many people were affected by when they did go. They went to church looking for a healing, and healing didn't happen. Here it comes. This is why I'm telling you, don't go to church to punch your card. Church, listen. If you've got people out there that are throwing doubt in your mind, I don't know why you go to church. Nothing ever happens anyway. And you keep coming in hopes that you're going to be healed from this or delivered from that. And it doesn't happen. How far will that doubt grow? How much more will that doubt take root? You left today. Well, you know, last Sunday I went. Now, now the first Sunday, you're, you're, good, you're cool. I know God's going to work in his time. God, I believe what you're going to do. On the second Sunday, well, maybe he missed the bus this morning. Maybe he's just a little late. The third Sunday, well, maybe he's sick and he's just not here today. The fourth Sunday, well, maybe he's just, he's on vacation this week. But then as time goes, God, are you really Beware the leaven of the Sadducees because this seed of doubt, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, this seed of doubt, I've watched it bloom in my life. Don't leave me. Hang on. But I've watched seeds of doubt bloom. Not only just take root, but bloom in my life. 
So much so that I would say, God, I've been hearing about your coming. I'm 53. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, listening, to the, I'm listening to the Christian community. Oh, we're so much closer now than we've ever been. God, I'm, I'm just, listen, I'm just speaking on my behalf. I know that you don't think this way. This is my behalf. And I'm going, God, really? Are you coming? Are you coming back? God, have you already come back? And I missed you. And the church was so blind and deaf, they didn't know. And now we just going through some rituals to a dead end. Oh, see, y'all don't think, y'all don't think of stuff. I think of stuff like this because I've also been involved in seeds of doubt. But there's something that takes place. That's why I said you can have doubt. You can't, it has nothing to do with you not having faith. Because then I begin to realize, wait a minute. If I'm starting to doubt certain things, that means I must have a faith that something doesn't want me to have. So now this Sadducee is beginning to plant seeds of doubt in my life so that it will, it will start to irritate my faith and maybe choke out my faith. That's why you've got to have faith. Faith isn't just, faith is not believing in God. Demons and Satan believe in God. Faith is believing God. That means believing that God will do exactly what God said he will do. You can plant seeds of doubt all day, but in my faith, how, how did Paul say it? I'm fully persuaded. See, if we can get to that point where we're fully persuaded, then these seeds of doubt that are dropped by these people that may not really believe. Oh, they go to church. You got Sadducees sitting beside you. They go to church. They believe in God. They just don't believe that God's going to do anything. They believe in God. See, that gives the, the weak Christian, this is what I've heard in my life, that Christianity is for the weak people because they need something to hope for. Buddy, if you don't have anything to hope for, I'm sorry for you. You better have something to hope for. I hope pray. there's life after death. I hope pray. Charlie, I would hate to think that we ended up here really out of a bucket of mud. That would really disappoint me. But see, there's something about my faith that says that isn't the truth. That's just seeds of doubt. The truth is what I've said it was. I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am, 
We have to believe this. So whenever you're feeling like you're doubting something, don't get nervous and question your Christianity. Don't get nervous and question your salvation. Get bold and call up your faith. Because there's something that you're believing that the enemy doesn't want you to believe. Because if he can steal your faith, come on, haven't you heard it? Has not nobody's ever questioned. Do you really believe that this woman got pregnant by Holy Spirit? You really don't think that there was a fleshly man involved? Come on. I mean, how absurd is it? To it's as much absurdity for me to believe that as it is for you to believe that lightning came from the sky. We don't even know how it was created, but it came from the sky and it hit mud. We don't know how it was created. And out of that, it, it struck up on some amoeba somewhere. We don't know how it was created. And all of a sudden, we grew into that. I mean, come on. Really? How, how much more faith does it take for you to believe that? It's just a seed of doubt. And that's what the Sadducees are about. If they can drop a seed of doubt in your life. And Jesus is telling, he's telling his disciples. See, he's having, he's having to tell the ones that were mature, that were disciplined. I don't really know if I want to say they were mature. I'm going to have to look that up. I don't really believe that they were mature because Peter was still wild as a buck. That dude was off the charts. That's my boy, though. He and I get along pretty good. We'll cut your ear off and then go, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but this is the Sadducees, and, and we have to look at it. See, we, we always think that it's the, it's the big things that will change us, but it's the small things that will hurt us. It was a smaller group. Now, I mean, they were so prestige that they had a lot of influence. Well, surely, if they got that much influence, I don't want to go there. If they've got that much influence, then they have to be right. If they've got that many people following them, they have to be right. If their denomination is that big, they have to be right. Oh, come on. Don't be scared of them people. Them people can't hurt you. God said to fear the one that gives life and takes it. Don't worry about man. Don't worry about getting the hate mail. Somebody know that you went to that church and you're sitting underneath a pastor that will speak out against somebody. Don't be all nervous. It's okay. I'll protect you. Make you feel better. <laughs> they were extremely political. Huh. Arrogant and power hungry. This brings me to another leaven that's part of that Sadducees. It would be pride. 
don't you go and let them tell you that you can't do that. You can do whatever you want to do. Not if you want to be in the kingdom, you can't. Oh, I'm coming. You better lock your doors. Put padlocks on. You can't do what you want to do and think that you're accepted into the beloved. You better stop using grace as a license. Too many people, we, we walk with this. We, we walk with this crazy understanding that God really don't mean to be holy for I'm holy. We, well, that's not for me. He's talking about. Mm -mm. See? <laughs> Pastor, I love it when you just preach the truth and you just give the truth. And I love the truth and you're so transparent and you speak the truth. Would you do me a favor? Don't talk about that because that kind of hits home. No, I'm coming. Listen, your soul is more important to me than how you feel about me. I love you. And I'll go to fight for you. But I'm just telling you. If you live outside of the kingdom, you may as well live in hell. Because there's only two options. We're either going to live for him or we're going to live for him. Which one do you choose? He brings life. He brings death. Which one are you choosing? But it just doesn't seem to me that, okay, here comes the leaven. It doesn't seem to me that it should be, you know, that way. I mean, after all, mm -hmm. there are many ways that seem right unto man. You think it's okay. You live in it right now because it makes me feel good and I'm okay with it. I can sleep. Let me. <laughs> it's with your mind that you serve the Lord, not with your emotions and not your feelings. Come on, I was told this growing up, man. If, you, if it feels good, Rocky, do it. Can I tell you how wrong that theology is? Most of the time, what feels good is almost the worst for you. Look at some of these heroin addicts. It probably feels good at the moment. Pat, just tell say, come on into church. Come on in, let's talk about the truth. See, we, you just think that it's in passing. That doesn't mean anything. One thing leads to another. And by the time we recognize what that one thing was that led us to this thing, it's too big for us to handle and we're out of control or it's out of control in us. 
And once again, here we stand before God. You've allowed the leaven of the Sadducees to infiltrate you. And you give God one of these parables that you made up that's hypothetical. But it just doesn't make sense that you would ask that or that you would say, I mean, this really isn't, you know. No, don't take the Bible for what it is. If you want to go to hell, don't take it for what it is. We, we love the idea that we can come and be a part of a community that's nice to us and that loves us. We like the idea it sounds good. We don't like the idea that our lives are to be transformed. Because I've been doing this for so long. Some have lived in it for so long, they don't think there's any way out. So they're at least just saying, okay, I'll roll the dice, I'll go to church. I know that God won't forgive me because I'm just too far gone, but I'll roll the dice and go to church anyway. The enemy has crept in and said, you are too far out now. But see, the enemy erred in Scripture because the Bible says no height nor depth. The only way you're going to combat the leaven is to confront the leaven. You can't allow people to sow seeds of doubt in your mind about who God is and what God will do for his people and you be okay with it. I'm to a point now, if you're wrong and you err in Scripture, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you erred in Scripture, I'm correcting you. And you could be mad. Listen, I'm telling you, churches are upside down right now. But they've got so many more people than we got. Sure they do. There's going to come a day where people lend their ear It says something about, there's one word in there. Oh, and not endure sound doctrine. Endure? Endure sound doctrine? That's almost as if we're sitting here going, oh, here we are, I can listen to truth again. Oh, that's endure. We ought to desire the truth. But we don't want it. We want it when it's everywhere else. We don't want it when it's in our house. See, when the Holy Spirit convicts you about something that you're doing wrong and you don't fix it, you're wrong. I love you, but you're wrong. If we think that the Holy Spirit is just out here wasting his time, he's about his father's business. We aren't. We're about ours. Because after all, 
This is why I tell a lot of you, just don't talk to me about stuff. Because when I'm preaching, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to hold back. I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, if it's, if it's here, I want it here in you. And if I've got to preach about it every Sunday for the next 10 years, so that it gets from wherever you got it to getting it here, I'm going to. Many of us walk our Christian life in doubt. And it's going to cost you if you're not careful. If it wasn't important, Jesus would not have brought it up. Do you understand that? I mean, we think that Jesus put some red letters in the Bible so that he could fill up a book. He wasn't interested. He was a man. He was actually a man of little words, really. I mean, there's a lot of scripture in the New Testament. And the last time I checked, he don't have the whole testament. It's not all red. Have you checked? <laughs> Man, a few words, but whoa. What an effect he had on people. What's wrong with us, Charlie? What are we doing? As Christian people, have you ever thought about that? What are we doing as Christian people? See, we all have plans after church, but we never thought once to ask God to bring us to the morning. But I bet you, Tommy called me yesterday. Y'all can't go. So don't even. I, I won't tell him where we're going. Tommy called me yesterday and asked if we go to dinner after church or go have lunch after church. Well, uh, Dennis. Come on, really? Can we go eat? Oh, yeah. But see, we made that plan yesterday. And see, I'm not going to fault Tommy because I have to fault myself. Not once did I say, if the Lord's willing. Now, look, I don't want you to get all religious and stuff and go, oh, now he's going to get religious. Now, every time we say something, we're going to have to say, Lord. Now, I'm just saying the thought never crossed my mind if I was going to wake up tomorrow. Did it, did it cross your mind today? If, whether you, probably not. Mike, did it cross your mind if you was going to wake up today? Probably didn't. And if I ask, I, probably, I would probably bat a thousand. You know what that means, batting a thousand. I wonder how many of us thought in our mind whether we would wake up today or not. But yet we've made plans for today. I'm telling you, guys, we, we have gotten to a place, man, we're trying to squeeze God into our life and into our calendars and into our appointments, into our marriages, into our relationships. We're trying to squeeze him in there instead of trying to fit a relationship in my relationship with God trying to fit my job into my relationship with God. How many of you went on an interview and said, I'm not going to work Sunday? I'm not working Wednesday. Now you're nosing, Pastor. No? Not really. He's not here, so I can talk about him. Sean goes on the interview. 
And he tells them straight up, I'm, I, I will not work Sundays and Wednesdays. He didn't say, if it's okay with you, not trying to put him on a pedestal because I'm sure there was some other stuff in that conversation that he didn't tell me that I probably don't want to hear. I'm joking. But this is what we do. And it's acceptable. I'm not trying to be religious on you. I'm not trying. Listen, you can take as many vacations during the year as you want and you can take as much time off as you want. I'm not. Listen, your relationship with God doesn't have to be performed before me and the church. But it does need to be performed between you and him. I think I went totally off. See, it's what happens. Hey, take me to Matthew 22, 23 through 30. Let me look at this for a second. I got to get back on track. And y'all were hoping I was just done. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> um, my battery stopped in my watch, so right now it's still, we're going to go by my time. It's seven minutes after nine. Oh, preach, I got somewhere to be at one. You got plenty of time. <laughs> the same day the Sadducees, who are the Sadducees? Who say there is no resurrection? That's who they are. They came to him and asked him, this was that, this was that little parable I told you about, saying, teacher, see, that was the, as soon as I seen that, and I'd already been learning about the Sadducees and what was going on, that automatically went, boom, hit me right in the mouth. They've yet to call him anything other than rabbi, teacher. That's all they want from him. <laughs> See, what's going on today, man? We've got, we got people writing all kinds of books and everything else in church, but they don't know the word. Can I tell you that reading somebody's book is not going to take you another level in life? Ten ways to riches, seven ways to whatever, and 47 ways and 16 different days. And I, did y'all wear me out with that stuff? There's one way. He wrote a book on it. But he said, teacher, rabbi, I don't want you to change my life. I just want you to tell me. This is why, listen, this is why many of us do not get breakthroughs in our life because we're still recognizing Jesus at a level that's different than what we need to recognize him at. When he becomes Lord, he's Lord of everything. See, it doesn't matter. You can quote me 50 scriptures, but you live a life of hell. You're showing me the Pharisee leaven. You're trying to prove to someone that you are somebody that you're really not. 
There's deceit and lies. And it's infiltrating churches. And people are being hurt through deception, uncaring. Okay, all right, that's fine. It may not be for you. Moses said that if a man... He, look, and here again, he, they said... Mo, now, I'm not down in Moses. Now, Moses, Moses was a bad dude too. I mean, he, he listened to a million of y'all complaining. I can't deal with about five. That's all I got room for, about five. But he said, Moses said, <laughs> uh, that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. That is 100% truth. Is it not? It's there. It's in Scripture. You have to look. Now there were with us Seven brothers. The first died after he had married. And having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also. And the third even to the seventh. Last of all the women died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. So I had it the other way around. I had it with seven wives. It's one wife, seven men. Sorry. Sorry. I told y'all I ain't perfect. Crucify me, right? But you see what's going on? I mean, they're, they're trying to back Jesus in a corner. Because Jesus knew, scripturally, that the brother was supposed to take the wife. So they're backing him in a corner. Jesus answered and said to them, this is supposed to be in red. I don't know why you don't have it in red, Matthew. I'll give you one day back there by yourself and look. I'm joking. <laughs> Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken, not knowing the scripture nor the power of God. For the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in the marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. You can stop there. How often will you be questioned and you not know Scripture? To say, well, I get your point, and that's fine, but however, comma. It said back here that because anybody can come in. We, you can do proof text all day long. I bet you I can find a scripture in the Bible that will make you look bad. Anybody up for the challenge? I find them every day for myself. I go, man. I really thought I had that down, but that just said I didn't. That's why I want to resign on Monday, Charlie. I just want to resign and go, well, I can't live up to it. See, that, that, man, isn't that horrible? Isn't that just the way people are, though? People think that they have to be perfect to be saved. To be a Christian, you got to be perfect. No, I'm not saying that because we're all going to do stupid stuff. 
But God's grace, man, it's always, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. But if we allow, if we allow this, this leaven of the Pharisees to enter into our life, because that's what's happening. Because we think if one pastor is doing it, all pastors are doing it. And if all pastors are doing it, then it's okay. We think if one deacon's doing it, all deacons are doing it. And if all deacons are doing it, then it's okay. Come on. It's not okay. And they'll have to stand for that. Jesus is just wanting to warn you and I, be careful of the leaven. We can't look at man to decide what's right and what's wrong. We have to look at God's word. We take some... Man, Y'all know before the Republicans and Democrats ever came out, there was no parties, right? I mean, that's the problem with our government right now. So that's the exact problem with this country because they're power hungry, both sides. That's right. I'm, I'm going to make the Republicans mad and Democrats mad. Both of you, you're power hungry. You think your way is the way, and I'm telling you it's not. There are people in Republican offices I don't agree with. There are people in the Democratic office I don't agree with. And I will not, nor have I ever, gone and voted down the row. I know, get mad. I don't, I don't care, get mad. You better get as close to the Bible as you can on the one that you're voting in. Now, they going to be perfect? Nope. Ain't it. I ain't found the first one yet. Thought I found one, then he opened his mouth. I went, what the what? <laughs> I'm joking. We'll talk more about that next week. But this is what's going on in the church. Guys, our, our church is being destroyed within. Because, see, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the leaven that you're going to meet out there. I'm talking about the leaven that's inside the churches. You've got the ones walking with the white robes. They're portraying one thing. And they dressing in. I don't know how far I can go with this. Better be careful. They dressing in chaps. On a Friday and Saturday night. Just chaps. And come and see you and shake your hand and give you a hug and say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. And then you got mad. Because you seen them. You, you didn't get that. You seen them on Friday and Saturday night. Because you were there too. <laughs> And you mad at them. Because they showed up in all their glory. <laughs> and you jealous because you didn't. 
Because you're still trying to hold a sanctified life. Oh, I'll go to the bar and hang out with all the alcohol, all the pornography, all of the lust, all of the deceit. Come on, come, come in my living room for a minute. But I got to have a sanctified life and a holy life. So I can't do all that. I can't dress like you dress. I can meet you at the club, but I can't dress like you dress. And after, well, most times after you see how somebody dressed, you stop associating with them anyway. I can't be caught with them people. No, you can't be caught with them people. But yet you are. And it's because of the leaven within the church that you're even there. See, I'm going to preach a convicting word in your life. I'm telling you, if you're doing it wrong, y'all know me, I pray that you don't get sleep. That's how I pray over you. I pray that God disrupts your entire life when you ain't living right. Now, I ain't saying living like I'm living, because I ain't living right all the time either. See, y'all done got mad and left another church. That pastor, I can't believe he's preaching. I ain't no different than nobody else. I'm just telling you that I'm not 100%. Sometimes I like to feel like I'm 99.9%. And you know when that is? That's when I'm sleeping. And there's still that chance. <laughs> don't, let, don't let the leaven of what's inside of churches destroy your heart and your relationship with God. Because you can't look at man or woman to figure out whether or not you're okay or you're failing. Because the one that you're looking at may appear to be but there's leaven. I don't want you being kept off guard or getting caught off guard because it's out there. So dig into this a little bit. This is the elementary teachings. Dig into the Word. You know, this thing can't help you out if you ain't reading it. You know that, right? Here, hold it for a minute. It don't hurt. Only when you begin to apply it to your life, that's when it hurts. Because it's, it's sharper than two edges short. It cuts you. It divides. It goes to the bone and the marrow. This is why a lot of people say, I'm a Christian, but they'll live like heathens and hellions. Give me this Bible back. All right, I'm letting you out early. It's 10 minutes after 9. <laughs> I wonder how many of you have been affected by leaven has it ever bothered you has it ever caught you see it worked itself right on in This is why we get offended when people tell us the truth about something. We get mad because the leaven has taken over. Well, he didn't really mean that, Mike. Yeah, he did. He said, if you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. 
I was getting some revelation on that one. I, I'm, I'm kind of chewing on that tree again in the garden. But it's... Stop tasting of the world. Because eventually that's going to become your diet. And if the world is your diet, I'm telling you scripture right here. If the world is your diet, God is your enemy. You cannot have two masters. So don't come today hoping to make yourself feel better to leave and live like you've always been living. Because I'm telling you, you're wasting your time thinking that you do not have to change. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's the repentance. That's turning 180. Not thinking like I used to think. Don't, listen, it. <laughs> you can't think that it's okay. If it's not. I knew everybody's going to walk out of here mad at me. Mad. By Facebook, by YouTube. Going to be mad at me. Some of them, you ain't even going to bring nobody back. <laughs> I just took my power peel, got my second win. Now, sermon number two. I'm joking, I'm joking. Relax. <laughs> We could talk about the leaven of the Herodians next week. That's the government. I wonder how many of us have that leaven in our bread. <laughs> yep, if you wasn't mad this week, you'd definitely be mad next week. You might want to watch on YouTube or something. So you can cuss me and throw a bottle or something at TV. Guys, listen. I, it's it's amazing to me how I how how I look at stuff and I, and and I'll just study stuff and try to chew on stuff and then I find myself in the middle. Have you ever, have you ever done that? Have you ever like you you start reading the word about certain things and you're talking to God about certain things and lo and behold, it's almost as if God placed that that very circumstance or situation in your life and you go, oh. <laughs> I'm asking for your prayers because I'm put there. And I have to be careful. But churches are destroying people. That's why we can't just be the church. It's not going to be just, Miss Pat, if you want to drink a half a cup of coffee or a whole cup of coffee, that's up to you. If you want to throw away half of your fruit bar, that's up to you. If you want to talk about dogs before church or during church, that's up to you. Just keep your voice down. 
We can't keep letting the world get inside of us. I'm not saying that we're going to walk on a cloud. I'm not going to say that we're, not, we're going to walk without issue or no problem or any. I'm not telling you any of that. I mean, you need to be on guard. Make sure your guard is on duty. Don't let him take no break. Be a slave driver. That's what I'm going to be. Be a slave driver. See, I can't even use that kind of stuff online. If I said that, dude. But y'all know what I'm talking about. We're not a slave to sin anymore. So y'all understand it. 